0: You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And if you haven't done it already, download the Sound of Heaven app. There's a free digital Bible on there. There's an online community that you can pray with and talk with and laugh with. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. We don't want you to miss anything. We're almost at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And the beauty of those platforms is if you missed anything, you can go back. But isn't it... uh, isn't it fun to get notifications and let you know when things are going on and get access to a bunch of teachings? So go and download that app. It's a good resource to keep in your pocket. We're in Matthew chapter 25 today. We made it through Matthew chapter 24. Congratulations. That was 10 days, and I would say a pretty in-depth teaching. We, we went chapter by chapter, verse by verse, I again I know I say this and I do appreciate the feedback um a lot of people have never really heard Matthew 24 read that way uh normally Matthew 24 is um utilized to try to explain some things that are going on in the in the world um and it's kind of piecemealed and taken out and um that's why I wanted to really slow down and and get into it because there's so much there that really I, to me, it opened my eyes to, you know, the, the trueness of us being in the new covenant. That's what I want us to really pull from this, right? That we are in the fullness of the new covenant, so no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Okay? Not even for a minute, not even for a second. So Matthew 25, which we're getting into today, we're out of Matthew 24, but we're not off of the mountain. What do i mean by that jesus is still on the mount of olives this is a con- the chapter might have ended but the olivet discourse didn't end and remember we have to read the bible properly we, we the chapters and verses that were put in there in the 1200s you know, 1200 years after jesus they're definitely a blessing helps us to organize scripture But just because a chapter ends doesn't mean a whole new idea starts. We are still reading the continuation of the Olivet Discourse, okay? And if you remember, Matthew 24 ended with the parable of the fig tree. Jesus was talking about understanding the times and the seasons that they were in. Jesus talked about the days of Noah, and we broke that down, what they were to look out for that were very similar to the days of Noah. And it also ended with Jesus talking about the servant that was unprepared, that the father left in uh, his house in their hands, and they went and did all these things. And when the master came back... Right? They were not prepared. Well, this parable, which we're getting into, the parable of the 10 virgin, virgins, um, not virgins, it's virgins, um, is a- along the same lines. It is a-, a parable about preparedness. And at its face value, okay, it has what we deem as eschatological ramifications. Eschatological, big word, okay. Esca and tology study of, okay? This is this has to do with the end of the age, okay? Um, so as we get in to this, understand that parables, we have to read them properly. Uh, they are stories with an underlying meaning. Uh, we have to read them in the context of what is what the speaker, in this case, of course, Jesus, wants the original audience to glean from it, And then, and then there's always a kingdom principle that we can pull out and apply to ourselves. So we're going to approach this parable in this same way. So I'm going to start reading. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 1, and I believe we're going to go to verse 13 today. Okay, so let's get going. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. I want to just make a quick note here. We're not talking about good and bad. We're talking about foolish and wise. There's a difference. We're not talking about, you know, the condemned necessarily and and the blessed. We're talking about those who made good decisions here, okay? So, pardon me, still overcoming a little bit of a cold here. Um, So let's read verse 3. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So they all nodded off so jesus is in 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 matthew chapter 9 jesus refers to himself as the bridegroom right the the bridegroom and the coming of the kingdom as a wedding feast is also mentioned previously okay so Jesus, we have to understand, referring to himself as the bridegroom is actually pretty bold because in the Old Testament, okay, um, the bridegroom was usually was only associated with God himself, right? So one of the things that you'll often hear by skeptics is and people of another religion that also acknowledge the existence of Jesus, um, particularly Islam will say that Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, I could talk for 30, 40, 50 minutes on just that alone. Jesus absolutely claimed to be God. And this was also one of the ways, right? Isaiah 54 says, your maker is your husband. Isaiah 62, as the bridegroom loves the bride, so does your God God. Rejoice over you. I'm paraphrasing that one a little bit. Jeremiah 2.2 2 talks about the love of the betrothal is the love of the father. Okay? So we have to go back, and we, we studied this a little bit earlier, but we'll go back and study it again in terms of the Jewish wedding. Okay? The Jewish wedding came in three steps. First was the engagement. Okay? The engagement was typically an agreement right it was very contractual and in that time usually the uh, the father of the of the um bride and the father of the uh groom would get together and they would make a deal and say all right because you know one was you know allowing us, particularly the daughter to go into the other family so they would make they would actually make you know a deal financially Um, But then after that would happen, there was a period of time called the betrothal. The betrothal was the time period of of where promises were made and kept. They weren't quite married, but legally they were. You would get in big, big trouble if you stepped outside of the betrothal and did some not so nice stuff, right? Um, We saw Mary and Joseph— were in the process, the betrothal process, when the Holy Spirit uh, placed Jesus inside of Mary. Okay, that, they were in that betrothal process. The actual marriage ceremony had not happened yet. So notice in this parable that the engagement had, has already been done. The betrothal has already been done. Okay, so those two first steps are done, and they are right at the point of the marriage feast. Now, I want you to look at that in the context of what we just read in Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus is being very clear that this generation will not pass till all these things happen, that we uh, detailed that the end of the age was the shifting of the covenants from, from the old covenant to the new covenant. There was a new marriage taking place. And this has significance as well because if you go back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet. In Jeremiah 3, verse 8, it says that God wrote Israel a certificate of divorce for her adulteries. Okay? God divorced ancient Israel in the Old Covenant because of the adulteries. What were the adulteries? Constantly going and and worshipping false idols, rejecting Jesus. You know, anything adultery in the spiritual sense is to to God is us worshiping other idols. Uh, and of course, ultimately, the temple that so represented where God's spirit dwelled became an idol to them. How do we know this? Well, when Jesus came along and when Jesus, was, uh, <clears throat> when Jesus was putting forward the new kingdom that they would embrace, they completely rejected it. They rejected it for what? The temple. The temple that was going to fall and also lead to their destruction. And if you remember back in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about the only grounds for divorce is adultery. God has one bride, and that's very important for us to look at as well, because Christians, modern Christians, get into this trap where we say, well, Christians are the bride, but what about this nation of people too? Not the case. There is no dual covenant. Now, all the promises of Abraham go through Jesus Christ, and it's open to all people. There are no favorites, no matter what. God does not have favorites, okay? So now I hope that makes sense. So where are we at here? Let's continue uh, reading. So it talks about there being foolish um, foolish women and then, fo- um, and then ones that were not foolish. Uh, the wise ones took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all had become drowsy and they had <coughs> fell asleep. Verse 6, at midnight, they, the, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come, come to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. So they're preparing their lamps. They're ready? This whole, this whole parable is about preparedness, okay? The foolish one said to the wise, give me some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go and sell oil, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Okay, let's break this down a little bit and just take you back also to the Jewish wedding. Jewish weddings in the first century would have something called a torch procession. And that's where the, gro- the groom and his friends would come to the house of the bride and the bride and the bridesmaids would be there. And they would have this procession at night where <coughs> all the lamps would be lit And the lamps, of course, in the dark would serve more than a practical purpose. The lamps would also be part of this joyous. It was very joyous. It was very celebratory as they walked. And it was an outward expression of the covenant that was happening. Okay. So if you imagine in this parable, you have some that were prepared for the coming of the bridegroom and some that were not. And let's see what happens to those who were not prepared. Verse 10, but while they were on the way to buy, buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet. So they would go directly to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others came and said, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Okay. There's that you word again. Go back and listen to the previous messages and you'll see what what we always point to when we hear you in the context of Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, right? We're talking I'll just you don't have to go back. Go back and listen if this is your first one. But Jesus is talking to them specifically. So we gave you the example of the torch procession. Now I want to talk about the oil in general. What does the oil represent? The oil in Scripture represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? So you have now two sets of people. Both equal opportunity. Both prepare for a moment where they would be able to walk with the bridegroom and the differentiator between the two was those who had oil and those who did not have oil. Okay, John chapter three, what does Jesus say to Nicodemus? Says that unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, unless a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asked the silly question, how do I get born again? Do I climb into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, you silly goose, It's not the way. You must be born of water and of spirit, right? So what does that mean? Be born of water. Be born of water physically, which you and I all are, but be born of spirit. How are you born of spirit, okay? When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, okay, what happens is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.9 says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they are not his. Say, oh no, what if I don't have the Spirit? Very simple. What you do is you embrace the salvation of Jesus. and You ask him, say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And when you are saved, you are what is called sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the oil, right? The oil itself. How is the Holy Spirit like oil? The oil heals. The Spirit inside of you will help you to heal from the wounds. A lot of us go through this life wounded. Okay, the Holy Spirit will help you to heal. Oil fuels light, right? God is light. God's word is a lamp at our feet. Oil fuels warmth and comfort. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the comforter. Oil polishes, takes the dirt away, right? All of these things, oil is, is, has a perfume, helps you to be around people, right? The fruits of the Spirit help you to be more effective around people, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, all of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Um, Excuse me. So really what we're seeing is a differentiator here between those who have the Holy Spirit and those who don't. And if we read it in its original context, right? Right? Again, the parable, it has it's, it's around eschatology, right? That's the generation where they would see the end of the age, okay? The end of the old covenant. There would be an event that we talked about over and over and over again that they would have to be prepared for. And what Jesus is telling them is prepare. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. And we'll see as we get into the book of Acts at Pentecost, that that's exactly what happened, right? The indwelling of the Holy spirit, the, the fulfilled promise that Jesus said that he would send the helper helper, the comforter. Okay. So once you have the Holy spirit, you have the Holy spirit. That is it. So that's the parable, right? The parable is telling them to be prepared. It's a, exact continuation of what we just read. You say, well, Jason, well, how do I apply that to my life then? Well, of course, there's a kingdom principle. Now, well, first, if, if you don't know whether you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to pray. We need to pray that, that you are, we need to pray that you are willing to follow Jesus right? Those who follow Jesus get the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ, okay? And then you never have to worry about that again. You are sealed. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. We can feel like that happens sometimes, but what happens often is that we get all up in our flesh, right? And Paul talked about how his flesh and his spirit fight each other. And if we get all up in our flesh, what happens? Let's pull the kingdom principle out, okay? Let's say you do accept Jesus Christ either today or you have in your life prior. My challenge to you today as we go is to rely on the oil of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you to heal you, to guide you, to help you to embrace the kingdom and the opportunities that come up. In ephesians 5 it talks about following the spirit don't be drunk don't follow drunkenness and all these things what happens is is we go ahead and we get all up in our flesh and we miss kingdom opportunities and it causes delay in our life okay if you see they're knocking on the door let's go back to the parable they didn't have the oil then everything came now they're knocking on the door and, and the lord says what I never knew you, and this is that, those scary words that we find back in Matthew chapter 7, depart from me, I never knew you, okay? I never knew you means I never knew you, it means that you never were saved in, in general. A Christian cannot hear, depart from me, I never knew you, okay? Because a Christian is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, is filled with the Holy Spirit so two things today if you're just listening to this for the first time and you're like well i don't know if i'm indwelled with the holy spirit we're gonna that's that's gonna be a simple thing okay are you ready to accept jesus as your lord and savior to believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead that he died for you if that's the case then we're going to pray that here in a second but for those of us who have been around the block who've got the John 3.16 t-shirt, and, and we like to wear it. Let's get out of our flesh. Let's rely on the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Why? Because when we do that, he will guide us to the kingdom opportunities that pop up in our life, that we will have less delay right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. A lot of Christians are walking around with their hearts sick because when the opportunities come, we get all up in our flesh. And that could be pride, that could be fear, that could be doubt, that could be a lot of things. So I pray for God's Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. That you'd get out of your own head and take on the mind and the spirit of Christ. And for those of you who want Jesus in your life, who want God's Holy Spirit in you, guiding you. So you don't miss the opportunities that God has for you in this life and the next, just this is how you do it. Say, Father God, today I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that he died for me. I believe in my heart that he was raised for me. And I ask that you guide me all the days of my life And you can say it like this too. And by the way, God, I'm a sinner. And I thank you that you forgive me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And if you are among the Christian flock, which if you just said that, you now are now as well. Rely on the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. That oil that fills your lamp. That guides you. That leads you to places from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. Let's be prepared. There's opportunities that are going to come up right before you today. Be prepared. Just say that today. Say, God, prepare me for what you have for me today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Park, New York. Check us out, SOH.Church. This is the 1% Christian. 100 starts with 1. Now, go out and do something amazing for Christ's sake. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow as we continue through Matthew chapter 25.